Hello and welcome to episode 40 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and in this podcast, I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based, vegan diet. And this week, I was lucky enough to have Marie Zeal on the show to share her story of how she discovered a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet and healed her body from lupus. This is the second episode with a guest on the show who has recovered from lupus. Uh, Joyce Hale was the other episode 30. Actually, every 10 10 episodes we have a lupus episode. (gasps) No, that's not true. But so far, every 10 episodes (laughs) Um, is a lupus episode. And I love hearing this because this disease, I was actually diagnosed for a week with lupus before I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And so in that week where I thought I had lupus, you know, I read about it so much and I was absolutely terrified of having the disease because the disease is when your immune system is attacking your organs and, you know, attacking like every part of your, every part of your body. Um, Whereas MS attacks the myelin sheath around the nerves in your central nervous system and your brain. Like lupus is just going around attacking everything. So I was really terrified. And so hearing Joyce's story and now Marie's story, just gives me so much hope for those people out there who are living with this disease and who are really, really suffering. So I was so grateful to have Marie on the show and to hear her story. You know, Marie went from being in chronic pain, chronic joint pain, aches, all those types of things, living on, you know, just a cocktail of medications to being, you know, medication and symptom free, a loving life, just having a great time. So I hope you enjoy her episode. And if you have someone in your family who has lupus, that maybe you should tag them in this episode or share it with them or somehow just bring it up or show them one of the documentaries that Marie talks about in this episode that helped her get on the path to transforming her health from the inside out. If you do know people with chronic disease, please, 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 if you could share this podcast with them, it would mean the world to me, but it would also, it might mean the the absolute world to them. I know that I would have loved to be given this information when I was first diagnosed with MS, even if it was, you know, terrifying and daunting to learn that I have to give up all the things that I, the foods that I loved and knew you know, now when I look back, there's no foods as delicious as how great I feel now. And every guest that comes on this show says the exact same thing. The only thing we regret about going low-fat, whole food, plant-based is that we didn't do it sooner. So yes, please share these episodes with your family and friends and with your social media or whatever, because this is the only way we can get this message out. You know, I'm relying, this podcast is relying on everyone spreading these messages and supporting this podcast because it's for everyone. It's I'm doing this so everyone can eat this way for their own health, for the animals and for the planet. You know, this these stories I, I, I want them to help people. That's that's the whole purpose of this of this podcast. So please thank you so much for all those people who do support this podcast and who do leave ratings and reviews. It's it's so wonderful. I'm so grateful for it. And I just hope that it's reaching the people who need to who need to hear the messages and who need the hope that these stories give. So without further ado, here is Marie's story and I hope that you really enjoy it. Thanks for listening. So Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hello, Corinne. How are you? I'm so good. So I've already given you a little introduction. So if you just want to just 
just give us your story. We would, I, I think we'd all really love to hear your journey with lupus. I was diagnosed about, I don't know, seven years ago, I would say. Um, I didn't know what was going on with me. And I remember being um, on a, a little weekend trip with my son and I couldn't move. And I and I tried to drive the car and I couldn't turn my head. Every joint in my body was hurting and I was just racked with pain and I was crying and I didn't know what to do. He wasn't old enough to drive yet. And um, I just thought I needed some Tylenol or something. I, I did you know, just like a pain, you know, over the counter aspirin or something. And um, I know those are not safe to have in high doses and I just didn't know what to do. So I finally went to the doctor and he ran some blood work and he said I had lupus and, and I didn't believe him. So I went to another doctor for a second opinion and she said, absolutely, the markers are there. And um, and I, I just, because I had a friend who had been kind of back and forth. So I, I didn't want to believe it. I thought this must be arthritis because I Googled it and I knew exactly what was going on. And I knew, you know, I have to, it has to be arthritis, but, but it isn't. And it wasn't. So, um, so then my doctor put me on a cocktail of medicines that, um, he put me on, I think three at first. And then, um, one of them being prednisone, prednisone, or, you know, the steroids. And I was taking that and then, um, we were trying others and combinations and some would, you know, I would have a reaction to this and to that. And it takes about three months to even know if it works. So it was just a tedious, long process. And I was just always, I couldn't function without the steroids. And I was frustrated. I I didn't like it. I know it's a dangerous drug to be on. It's very unhealthy and um, I just decided I didn't want to be on any drugs. And um, I, I just, I kept telling him I don't want to be on more and more drugs. And I would complain about, well, I'm getting this symptom. So I said, oh, well, we could just prescribe this to fix that symptom. And it was just snowballing. I thought, no, no, no. Um, I happened to watch a show on Netflix. Um, there are several, as you know, and I don't know if I should name the names, but no, go ahead, name the names. The one, the one that I saw was um, called "Hungry for Change," and they talked about um, about juicing uh, towards the end. I mean, they, it talked about um, with a lot of um, nutritionists and doctors and health people, uh, and um, I really was just really interested because they talked about being healthy without, um, you know, just having your foods heal you and just to basically stop poisoning yourself. Um, so I, I went out and bought a juicer the next day (laughs) and I started juicing every morning. I would wake up early and I would, it was, that was also tedious, but I got off that. I got off the, um, the prednisone that way. So I was convinced this this is definitely working for me. So then I saw some more um, I saw some more uh, shows on on Netflix or you know just I just started trying to learn more about healthy eating and curing yourself by just your you know foods healing your your body and um, 
hungry, uh, besides Hungry for Change, I saw Forks Over Knives and um, several, There, I can't remember all the names of them now, but talking about um, whole food, plant-based diet and cutting out the um, refined sugar and processed um, flours and grains and just eating whole natural foods. So, um, so I started doing that. Um, and, and I noticed a lot of changes. I was, I was doing um, Zumba and exercising, you know, it's, I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. We have it here. (laughs) Okay. So I was, I was really enjoying that. And, um, and I was keeping up with people and doing pretty good. So I was, I was just really feeling good. But, yeah. you know, I still have good and bad, bad days. I do. I also want to mention I have not caught a cold wow. in about seven years since I started juicing. Wow. So it's okay. So then I guess I was diagnosed more than that because I think I've been juicing at least seven years. So I would say I was diagnosed at least a couple years before that. So I, I have um, I have not caught a cold in all that time with one exception. And that was when I was at a wedding and I had basically to eat only what they fed me. And I, I ate a lot of junk and I got sick. <laughs> so that tells me a lot, you know, that I've been, you know, everyone at work will be sneezing and coughing and I never catch the colds and still I never do. But, um, so I feel pretty good most of the time. I have, you know, a lot of it depends on if if I don't get a good night's sleep, then I don't feel good. And but I think that's kind of the case with most people anyway. <laughs> and so you know, I get a little achy now and then, but I feel pretty good. And if I do get achy, it usually passes. So um, I would say that's that's where I am now. Is is I can basically control how good or bad I feel, you know, if I can get a good night's sleep, then, or if I, if I have control over getting a good night's sleep, then that's. I think it's something that we don't talk about enough on this show, but doctors, Team Sherzai, the, the doctors, the Sherzai doctors, which are neurologists and just this, this, this week's episode with Dr. Andrew Davies. And I think there's been others talking about the power of sleep. And I think that we talk about diet so much, that we forget that getting a good night's sleep is so important to our health. Like I know for me, as just like you, I just feel so much worse if I don't get a good night's sleep. It's probably the only time where I don't feel good. So it's really, I think it's really important to say that. And I think that, you know, if you're saying that you feel amazing when you don't get enough sleep, you know, it's, it's still it impacts on us. Yeah. And, and even getting regular exercise, some, you know, just, all the things that you already know about how to live a healthy life, just doing that is now vital for me. You know, I if I if I go back to how I used to be, and I'm just not gonna not gonna do well if I eat the the foods I used to eat and and just you know do the things I used to do. Of course, I'm not getting any younger, but. Um, <laughs> That's that's one other issue. Well, you look, you can't see her, people listening, but she looks really young and vibrant and incredible. Thank you. <laughs> um, um, oh, I wanted to mention one other thing is um, there was a book, and I don't know. I mean, this is if, no, if it's please, okay. it's totally fine. Please, people okay, are listening uh, and no. they want to want to read this book. Okay, um, and and I would recommend her name is Dr. Brooke Goldner. 
she wrote a book called Goodbye Lupus. So I got the book and um, and she talks about um, basically like a, a raw, um, raw vegan diet and just like um, a lot of greens and, and fruits and fruits and vegetables, mostly leafy greens and some, you know, uh, flax seeds and uh, chia seeds and things like that, nuts and just eating um, that for about six weeks. And I did that and that got me off of most of the other meds I was on. So now I'm down to half dose of one of the meds. And I, I could probably get right off of it, but I just kind of feel nervous about trying it. But um, I think my doctor even said I should be fine getting off it. I just get nervous, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to jump into it. And I get because I know I'm impatient to, to get well. And I'm, I'm afraid that I'll just jump the gun. And so I'm stretching it out and trying to be patient. But that's that's where I am now. I just want to be on no meds. Yes. And I think that that's really important to mention as well, because I think that people might think that this podcast is saying, you know, you're not you're not doing well if you're still on medication. And that's not the case. You know, if you need to if it gives you peace of mind to keep on your medication whilst also eating a whole food plant based diet and improving your health with exercise and sleep. Do what feels right for you because as soon as you start to like jump the gun and do things early because you think, oh, you know, I have to because I should be off my medication or it's just going to cause you st unnecessary stress and the stress is probably worse for you than the medication in, in that context when you're frightened and terrified and worried about the outcome of what's going to happen when you go off that medication. Right. And, and like you said, stress alone can also just like the, like just a bad night's sleep something terrible, you know, stressful that happens can kind of set me back a little bit sometimes. But um, when, when I can try to keep all those things in balance and, and I left a, a really jo a job that was unnecessarily stressful in order to um, get another job, even took a cut in pay and I feel I feel better. You know, it's just not worth it to to feel bad all the time. And everybody was getting physically having physical ailments and I was getting, um, achy, you know, and, and it was, it was, the lupus was flaring up more when I was there. So I knew that was just a toxic place. So I left and I just, that helps a lot. So the stress is another issue, another, another important component to it, I believe. It really is. Do you practice any kind of form of mindfulness or meditation or those types of things? Prayer. I, I practice my religion. So that's, uh, yeah, I do. I do spend a lot of time in that. And it's sim similar um, in your um, in your brain, you know, the effects on your brain, I know. Yeah. And I've read so many things about prayer being like one of the like such a bad, well, there's been studies done on people who pray and on their ability to recover and recover their health with nothing more than prayer in a lot of cases, you know, like rest and prayer, which it's, it's a powerful thing. Like prayer is very similar, almost identical, I guess, to meditation or mindfulness practices as far as calming the brain and, you know, giving you that. And that's that belief in something higher than you that's as, as well, I think, powerful. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Sometimes, um, People get well just they like you said they get well just with prayer and I 
And I wondered, you know, sometimes they're eating junk food all the time. And <laughs> I think, how could they? I mean, I, I understand the, the power of the mind. Is, Definitely. And I think there's been there's a lot of doctors now I've been researching um, and looking at they're talking about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and how the conscious mind is tiny compared to when you're in prayer, you know, you're accessing that something higher than yourself something greater than yourself. And our conscious minds, we can't we can't even comprehend the power of our our subconscious minds for, for healing. And I think that one of the things that a lot of people talk about is sometimes people heal in spite of their diet. <laughs> I know. That's, that's what's <laughs> Exactly. And the diet isn't the thing. People think, oh, you know, my grandfather, he smoked and he ate only lard on bread for 99 years and... He died full faculties, but that's just in spite, in spite. (laughs) George Burns, you know, George Burns lived to 100 and he had a martini every night and smoked a cigar and, you know. They're they're the exceptions. Good for them. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) They're the exceptions. And I guess we don't, we're never going to know, you know, how his mental health was or how that person's relationships were or how their, if he was impotent, you know, there's lots of, (laughs) (laughs) there's there's lots of ways diet impacts on your health that we don't get to see. (laughs) Not just longevity. You can live for a long time in a body that's pretty broken. Yeah. And my husband also is on board with it, although he's not a hundred percent plant-based, um, but he's about 90%, maybe 80 or 90. He eats the dinners I make and we have salad every night. Um, he, you know, he supports me. He makes my smoothie every morning. So he's amazing that um, and we juice. He helps me juice. He does. It's, it's so important to have um, support. So I know of, of some people who don't have the family, you know, family is completely not on board with it and they're just kind of on their own so i'm really blessed that i don't have that situation but you know my heart goes out to those people who who are in that situation it's so true it's such an important thing and i was going to talk to you about the support of your family um and how how they have managed with your transition into this way of eating and this way of living because a lot of families as you know and i know they're not supportive or they're not jumping on board and so that it makes it just so much harder to live in a household when everybody else is eating your old way and eating the foods that you used to love and enjoy and you're trying to avoid them and they're being brought into the house over and over again in front of you so I wanted to see how did it go initially was it always was he always super supportive and your family supportive or was it difficult at all yeah, now we are empty nesters where our boys are big and out of the house, but um, neither one of them really eats very healthy. Uh, so it's just my husband and I, and it works out good here. Now our extended families, my parents, his parents, and siblings and um, nieces, you know, the whole extended uh, family is not at all on board with, not that they they're not critical of me or judging me or anything. And, and I, and I don't judge them. You know, I, I just say, this is my, for my health and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything mean if they don't eat my way, you know, the way I eat. 
I also see them struggling with health issues. And I, I, I don't know how to, to approach that because I don't want to tell them, well, you're doing this wrong. And, but I, I just say, well, maybe you could watch this, um, this documentary. Oh, sure. And they always say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch that. And then, and they know they don't or else they do. And they say, yeah, that was interesting. So anyway, and then they bite into their burger or whatever. But, um, you know, my, my stepson is having some pretty serious health issues. Um, and I and then I see the stuff that, you know, on Facebook, he posts the stuff he eats and it's frustrating because I I'm so concerned um, about his health. I, I, it's it's, uh, you know, he's he's struggling and um, he's not he's a young man. He should be out enjoying life and he's got an IV into his arm every day, you know, so. Uh, you know, we, I, I don't want to nag my, my, you know, the boys that we, I, I feel like I'm always nagging them. So it's hard to try to find that balance to just not say anything when there's somebody you care so much about, you know, um, my, my in-laws, my parent, uh, my husband's parents, they both have had cancer scares. Um, and, you know, just a lot of our family members have had a lot of different health issues, and I and I always suggest to them to try to eat, you know, not eat, but at least not eat the bad stuff. And some of it's really clearly junk, you know? <laughs> and and at least at least not put that in your body. At least you know if you're gonna eat um, vegetables, you know, don't don't buy them frozen or you know like pre-packaged or you know like not in a processed pack pre-packaged way buy them fresh buy them or you know frozen if you must but try to get them you know organic or whatever if you can and just just do something different because I just don't I don't want them to be ill but Mm -hmm. it's a really tough one with family and we talk about it every episode and I think that I think the best answer that we've we've come up in these 30, I think this might be the 40th episode, would just be that we just have to lead by example, you know, be the shining light and eventually they'll either they'll be like, wow, all right, I'll give it a try what you're doing because you look like you're thriving and amazing or or they won't. And unfortunately, we just have no way of controlling how other people choose to live their lives unfortunately <laughs> so what does that what did your food look like before you made this switch let's see um i would eat, we would have meat pretty much every night um chicken fish uh we used to oh there was one summer where we were just barbecuing steaks every night uh, almost every night ribeyes in you know they were real fatty and everything and they weren't grass-fed even, you know. I mean? <laughs> we didn't even try to make those healthier, you know. <laughs> but um, we we ate a lot of that, and um, my husband's cholesterol ended up getting really high. But um, I'll go back. I know that's I'm kind of drifting off of the topic. Um, no, 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 it's fine. Just spaghetti and meatballs, and you know. Um, what did I make? Uh, sometimes I would have a salad. Most of the time I would try to have a salad with every meal. But, you know, we would put 
croutons and bacon bits and <laughs> ranch dressing. And it was not like, it was as bad a salad as you could have. So, <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of it was not healthy. And, and then, you know, and, and a lot of people think they're eating healthy when they get like these protein bars or granola bars and they're all full of sugar and, um, you know, and they're, they're processed, you know, there's, they're really not healthy and things that have all over the package. This is healthy for you. This has got added vitamin, whatever, or nutrients of some kind of calcium added. Um, just none of that. <laughs> that's good. I don't, I just, I think that's what got me ill and what, um, what is making most people ill, especially Americans. With packaged processed food. I agree. I agree. So what would a day look like now, now that you've been, how long has it been exactly? Seven, seven years? Uh, about about seven years. It's been kind of a gradual, um, gradual process of, of changing this and that. But um, it's a lot of work now. I, I can't deny that there's, it. Ta- it's time consuming, but it's, but it's um, a priority to me. So the morning, um, my husband, like I said, makes the smoothies, but um, there was a time where we would make them together or um, maybe on the weekends, we'll both do them together. And so, well, first, of course, there's the shopping and there's certain, the produce people know us because <laughs> we're there every, every day or two. So we go shop, we have different shopping trips, so we're there every couple of days. We'll get the smoothie items and we want them fresh. So we go every two or three days for those items. And then we, we have our salads that we make, which have which are incredible, very healthy salads. Every night we have one of those. And then when we juice, we make large portions and we put them in these stackable containers and freeze them. And, and then we'll take them out, you know, the day before we need them. That goes in the smoothie. So, and my weekends often consist of when I can, I'll do the prepping for uh, for the week. Um, I used to make, uh, which I'll get back into this soon, but I'll be, I like to make soups and um, I take them to work and, and eat those for lunch. And then, you know, I see people eating fast food every day and they're usually obese or overweight, but um, it's, I just, I just know that, I would never want to go back to that, you know. So it is a lot of work and there's a lot of, you know, different stores. I have to go kind of across town to to the more healthier food store and then I get the produce here and different items, you know, I have to kind of, I have to plan a lot of it and I collect recipes that I make certain kinds of things that I like, like desserts. I, I want to have some kind of dessert, but I don't want to have sugar, so I make some but I have these things that I like to make. So, what do you make? Yeah. Tell us what we, what your favorite um, dessert to make is. My favorite one right now is kind of like I, um, it's nuts in the blender, and then you add bananas and dates and peanut, uh, not peanut butter, but um, I put uh, either almond butter or um, uh, what's the other one? Cashew butter and some maple syrup or or honey or agave nectar or something and then you just blend it all up and you put it in the freezer and it comes out soft like uh, kind of like ice cream uh, soft enough to 
and you could just scoop it up and it's delicious. <laughs> cocoa powder, don't forget. I'm sorry, I've missed the most important ingredient. Cocoa powder, like the whole organic cocoa and, you know. So I try to put good ingredients and find things that I can, that I can. Which is a nice treat food every now and again and you get your sweetie, sweet cravings fixed. Yeah, and and it's not every day, but. I like to have something fancy like that every now and then. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. So how would you say that this way of eating has like changed your life? Um, other than the For the, for the better. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have less time, but <laughs> um, it's, it's made me healthier. It's, um, it's made me aware of things that I can't believe I wasn't aware of before and like my husband always says well we wouldn't have had you know I always say well I I didn't have time for uh well like people always say well I'm too busy to do all that stuff and and um I used to be too busy for all that stuff until I got sick and my husband reminds me of you know don't you know don't judge them they that we were the same way you know we thought oh there's no way I could ever have time to make a smoothie every morning or to juice or to make these foods from, you know, whole foods, um, these salads or these meals that I make. And, and yeah, there was a time when I would have said, no way, you know, I don't have time for that. I'm busy of stuff, you know, but it's, it's amazing how you find time when it's your health. If you want it bad enough, you want to be off your meds and you want to live, um, you know, go into your older years and, and, and be able to function and not, um, and not be suffering. You know, I'd like to watch my grandkids. You know, play with my grandkids. Want to, you know, throw ball around with them. Go bike riding with my grandkids one day, which I don't have any yet. But, you know, I'd like I'd like to do that. Yes, and I think that that's so important. And I think a lot of people currently, I think lots of people are getting start to they get to sixty and they. And they've made it to 60 and they're like retirement age, but then their health starts to fairly rapidly decline and they end up, you know, they haven't got no energy, they're they're in recliners, they're, you know, they're not exercising anymore, they're unable to do the fulfill their bucket list of holidays and trips and all those things because they've, you know, unlike um, Dr. Anthony Hodge, who was on this show uh, a few episodes ago talks about you know it's it, it food the food poisoning that we know is when we throw up after we eat like some uncooked chicken but this food poisoning that you and I have experienced where it's it's a slow burn as far as like we start when we're children and infants eating these types of foods that are poisoning us slowly and then as we get older we start with the aches the ob- obesity the type 2 diabetes or the fatigue and the constipation all these things until we get to the cancers and the heart disease and the in in our 60s and our 70s but the problem is is that we have our medicine Western medicine is keeping us alive now into our 80s, late 80s, 90s in these broken bodies. And for me, that's that that's 30 years, you know, for you you and other people that, you know, wanting to get to retirement age and your empty nest. 
it's it's a time to take your life back and to and to thrive and be doing zumba and eating and traveling and going on trips not to be in a recliner aching and spending 30 years watching your life pass you by in these broken bodies and i think that that's something that we need to think about with diet is that it's all well and good when you're in your 20s and 30s you know we all think we're invincible and we can live forever but the we pay the price for that in our retirement years when our bodies don't function, we can't travel, we can't do the things we want to do, we can't play with our grandkids and go on bike rides like like you're saying, you know, they're all the sacrifices we make for the choices we make in our youth. Yeah. And I was uh my niece is, is pregnant and I was telling her what my um doctor told me about um because I, I had asked about like hormonal, hormonal things. He said that there's nothing I could do about any issues like that because that was already set by my mother by eating uh, dairy products because they would give estrogen to the cattle. So even the generation before is affecting their kids. And I told her that, you know, this the young women are menstruating younger and younger. And that's something that because of what the way their mother ate. So it could be affecting, you know, your posterity down the line. And I, I just wish people could think more that way, you know, be cons- consider considerate of, of what's what's happening to their body and their children. And, and even if they're not physically affecting their children, that the example they're setting. Mm, Yes. It's such a, it's very difficult because we are indoctrinated at birth into a way of eating that is unconscious to pretty much everyone. They unconsciously, we, we just eat whatever we feel like it without thought of how it impacts the body. Not everyone, obviously, there's many people who are focused on on their health and on eating on eating well. But often even when we think we're eating well, like I'm sure you thought you're probably eating okay prior to seven years ago when you're eating your big salad. You're like, I'm eating a salad every day, <laughs> but the yeah. salad's covered in ranch dressing and bacon bits and croutons. And so <laughs> right. it's not a very ideal meal. <laughs> and I no. think lots of people are like, you know, I've got a chicken breast and a salad and some steamed greens and a poached egg on the side and it's all beautiful, but unfortunately skim milk or boneless skim, you know, egg whites and you know, you you think you're eating healthy and you know that's what that's what they're hearing is healthy. Yes, I know. And unfortunately, we don't. I don't think many people know how important fiber is, and that there's no fiber in that in those foods to aid in our digestion and to keep us having a healthy microbiome. And which is yeah. which is your seventy percent of your immune system is in your microbiome. So it's super important to keep it healthy with foods that are high in fiber and whole plant foods, not egg whites and chicken breasts. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. So I guess one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was how you go socializing and. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Do you have that's any hard. tips for anyone listening? <laughs> oh, boy, I'm still struggling with that. In fact, we're when we're leaving town, uh, we're going to a wedding out of town and we're going to I just have to bring my own food is basically what it is, because. I, I feel I don't want to 
put people out and, um, you know, I don't want to be a burden on people and being high maintenance where, well, they have to all bend over backwards for me. But um, so I I can usually do well with salad, but I have to bring my own salad dressing because the salad dressings out there are are all processed and just full of sugar and oil. So I bring my own dressing or um, and that's about it. I, I just pack some nuts and fruit and um, maybe make some of my fancy dessert there and bring stuff like that that I can that I can have while everyone else is having their desserts and but it's it is hard you know that's definitely a dilemma Mm, I I think that pretty much all of my guests bring our own food we all bring our own food because it is it is hard you don't want to impose and you don't want to eat foods that aren't in line with where we are in our health journey so it's it's tricky you don't want to offend anyone about what they're eating it can be really really difficult but i think that bringing your food and bringing the salad dressing still a good tip just to put something i put i put stuff in my handbag (laughs) i just make my handbag a bit bigger for weddings and stuff you want like a cute purse with like (laughs) a banana inside (laughs) exactly Lucky I've got young kids, so I can bring a big bag because they like. Oh, yeah, that's, that's that's for the kids. I'm like, no, it's not. It's my lunch. <laughs> that's my lunch and some wipes and a diaper. <laughs> yes. So, what would be your three biggest tips before we go for people who are starting out there, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've just been diagnosed with lupus. I'm terrified. I don't know what to do." Where would you say to start? Um, well, for me, juicing right away, juicing had the most immediate impact. Um, we have, we eventually broke down and got two uh, very good quality juicers that are like slower juicers and not like the one I started with. But even that one, even just get anything, any kind of juicer, get a cheap one to start. Um, get those nutrients in your body. Um for number one is get get the greens, the, the vegetables, just put the whole food in in your body, let it heal you. Uh, and number two is stop poisoning yourself. Stop at least, you know, if at, at least stop putting the, the sugar and the, you know, the processed foods in your body. Cut back as much as can if, if it somehow seems a daunting thing. But, you know, that that's the, the next thing I would do, and then the third is, you know, don't forget the other things like, you know, the sleep and the, the stress and the exercise. Those are all vital. So those would be mine. I think that there are great three tips. And I think for people, obviously, if you're further down the track and you're healing, like I don't have as much juice as I did initially. But I think when you're first, like True North Center has a water fasting retreat where you go to True North in, in America and you water fast for however long they the doctors think they recommend that you should water fast for whatever condition that is that you have. But they also have, you know, a juicing, a juicing retreat and they also have just a whole food plant-based retreat that you can go there for so even though i am at the whole food plant-based end of this there is definitely a place i do believe for for juicing especially at that 
acute stage of of illness um, to help your body heal and just be super gentle on your body and just just dousing it in nutrients and high high doses of of nutrients preferably organic if you have access to that but and I have a slow press juicer as well but any juicer is a great tip because some people are like I can't afford a slow press juicer right now but any juicer and just start juicing is is is, is a great, great place to start if you're starting out and you're particularly unwell I agree Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much, Marie, for coming on the show. I've loved having you. I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time before you pack for your trip. <laughs> no, you're fine. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for, for letting me be on your show. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, thank you so much, Marie, for coming on the show. You couldn't see Marie. I could see Marie, but she is as vibrant as she is in the photo of her that's in the thumbnail and in the show notes. She was just it's like a beam of light, which almost all the guests on this show look like. You know, we've just gone through a human car wash, <laughs> a human wash. Just so sparkly and vibrant and alive. And I love seeing everyone's faces and see how excited and incredible people are looking and feeling. You know, I think I think a lot of us looks very, very drab and grey and unwell for a long portion of our life. To see everyone's vibrant faces in these videos, knowing where they've come from, from a place of being so sick and unwell, it's just so beautiful to see. Um, so I loved seeing Marie's smiling, bright, vibrant face as we were talking during this interview. It was really lovely. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast. I put out new episodes every Sunday slash Monday, which you can check out over at iTunes and Stitcher app for Android. If you'd like to support this podcast to help it reach more people, as I said in the intro, please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a kind review. I read all of the reviews, um, but they really help. The Not only am I grateful for the reviews, which I am, it helps this podcast to rank higher in the iTunes search rankings, which means that more people can more easily find it, which is super important. Thank you to everyone who has already left a five-star ranking and a kind review. If you're finding it tricky to figure out how to leave a review, basically what you can do is there's three ways. One is if you're on the podcast app on your iPhone, if you have that app on your iPhone, the Apple Podcasts app, you can search for the When Life Gives You Lemons Go Vegan podcast in with the search magnifying glass icon and subscribe click the subscribe to the podcast once you have subscribed to the podcast you can select see all episodes and scroll down until you are given the option to rate and leave a review for the podcast if you've already subscribed to the podcast it should be easy to find in the listen now or library section of the app and you simply click on where it says the number of episodes available in purple and then scroll down through the episodes until you reach the rating and review section at the bottom. If you're on your computer, you head to iTunes and click on the link to view in iTunes and then you will be taken to your computer's iTunes account where you will be given the option to leave a rating and review there. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, leave me a message and I'll try to explain it better. Lastly, if you'd like to be kept up to date with the podcast, you can like and follow the When Life Gives You Lemons Go Vegan Facebook page where I share all the latest new and upcoming guests, book progress and all the latest episodes as they come out. Thank you all so much for listening, rating, supporting, you know, sharing this podcast on your social media, in your pages. I want it to reach as many people as possible. I am so passionate about spreading these messages of hope as far as I can across the world and, you know, helping 
any way I can to progress this movement of whole food plant-based eating and just to help, you know, if even if you're on this way of eating and you're listening, but sometimes it can be a struggle, you know. I just want to have these messages out once a week to give you extra motivation, extra incentive to keep chugging along forward, even if you're like desperately craving cheese or you're desperately wanting chocolate. You know, it's, it's this podcast is a once a week reminder that, hey, you know what, you're so much better off without those foods in your body and those things in your body and, you know, yourself, how great you feel when you eat a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And if you don't feel great yet, if you still feel like it's a struggle, just be patient. Keep putting your one foot in front of the other. You know, check on what your gut health is like, perhaps. You know, incorporate some exercise. Incorporate some... Make sure it's you've got lots and lots of nutrients in your diet with lots and lots of leafy greens and all those things. You know, maybe read How Not to Die and check out what Dr. Greg is talking about as far as the best nutrition to add into your diet to help you feel really good or nutritionfacts.org. Uh, there's so many different books and authors and doctors, you know, from, from doctors that are incredibly knowledgeable in this area. Dr. John McDougall, Dr. Alan Goldhammer, Dr. Dean Ornish, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Michael Greger, Dr. Michael Clapper, Dr. T. Colin Campbell. There are so many books if you just, there's so many more than that. Everyone's going to be listening to this going, what about this guy? <laughs> There are so many, you know, once you start, there's so many. So if you're feeling like disheartened or like you're not sure what you need to add into your diet to feel better than you already do, those doctors, just Google those doctors, have a little look around with what you're dealing with and maybe they have some answers for you. You know, I don't claim to have all the answers, but there's a wealth of knowledge there and maybe you need to read some of that stuff, maybe go find a plant-based doctor like Dr. If you're in Australia, Dr. Malcolm McKay, there's, there's many others. I think there's a document that you can find called plantbaseddoctors.org where it's just a list of plant-based doctors there. Um, yes, definitely check those things out and just keep moving forward. You know, they, they, this is a great diet and maybe you need to add some more plants, some more water, some more rest, some more meditation, some more sunlight, more vitamin D. You know, you just keep checking how your iron is, your B12, making sure you've got all of those things working in your favour and you should be feeling really, really great. Um, so, yeah, and, and as minimal fat as possible. You know, I think it's under under 20 grams for a day for MS recommendations, but under 15, 10 is, is optimal. So just checking on those things as well, making sure that your body's working in like perfect, amazing, all systems go order. Um, yeah, I'll see you all next week. And next week is a wonderful episode as well. It's an ulcerative colitis story. I'm very excited to share with you all because I love this story so much. Okay. All right. I'm leaving. Thanks again. Bye.